Welcome to Gravetop Church. I'm your host, Homer Hargrove, and today we are continuing our series about Here I Am. And this whole month, we've been talking about the idea of servanthood and humility within our Christian faith and how we are called to our purpose. And today, specifically, we're going to be talking about how to let it go and go. And the main idea in this message is learning how to endure and stay focused within your calling by having a grasp on your emotions and trusting God with the outcomes. Our focus is going to be in the book of Acts chapter 14, and we're going to look at a, a moment for the Apostle Paul. See, within this message, I want you to understand that when you allow yourself to become activated in your faith through servanthood, you will begin this journey of ministry. That's all ministry is, is serving others. And that journey can be a roller coaster of ups and downs, of wins and losses and praises and criticisms. And learning how to create the stability in your, in your emotions and your faith is critical to, in being able to endure these kinds of trials and tests that come with it. And today we are going to talk about the uh, the the volatility of people and their opinions of you, and we're then we're going to learn how to build an emotional and spiritual foundation in order for you to endure uh, that volatility. And then at the end, we're going to talk about how knowing when to move on from people or from a place that is no longer fruitful. See, the reason that this topic is so important is because once people finally start this path of servanthood and humility, it typically feels like you get sucker punched sometimes with irrational reactions of other people. And you need to know how to brace yourself and how to discern when you need to stay or when you need to go from somewhere or some group. And if not, you will end up feeling confused. You'll end up feeling discouraged about your calling, about your faith, and it'll make you want to give up when you really don't need to. So let me share a big passage in uh, Acts chapter 14, verses 8 through 20. I'm going to read the whole story, and then we're going to talk about it in the message. It says, while they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. Looking straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. So Paul called to him in a loud voice, stand up. And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. When the crowd saw that what Paul had done, they shouted in their local dialect, these men are gods in human form. They decided that Paul that Paul uh, Barnabas was the Greek god Zeus and that Paul was Hermes since he was the chief speaker. Now the temple of Zeus was located just outside the town so the priests and the temple and the crowd brought bulls and wreaths of flowers to the town gates and they prepared to offer sacrifices to the apostles. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard what was happening, they tore their clothes in dismay and ran out among the people shouting, 
friends, why are you doing this? We are merely human beings just like you. We have come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to the living God who made both heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. In the past, he permitted all the nations to go their own way, but he never left them without evidence of himself and his goodness. For instance, he sends you rain and good crops. He gives you food and your and joyful hearts. But even with these words, Paul and Barnabas could scarcely restrain the people from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium, and they won the crowds to their side. So they stoned Paul, dragged him out of the town, thinking he was dead. But as the believers gathered around him, he got up and went back into the town. The next day he left with Barnabas for Derby. Now this is quite the train of events. We see uh, this, this scene of Paul and Barnabas being worshipped and then being uh, uh, Paul being near uh, near death experience. Let's start off by that really examining that. And the first point that we're going to talk about is how you should not take things to heart. Don't take it to heart because the general opinion of people is often unstable. I think that we see that with social media today. How many people have you followed for a minute? And you can see even the extremes of their just individuals' lives. Someone like, I'm so into church. I love church. And then three months later, like, yeah, I realized that I need to deconstruct faith. Church is so toxic. It's like you see people can be so back and forth. And that's just in their own lives. How much more when it's a general population and people have this general opinion about something to where we can love something and then hate it the next, especially when we're being influenced by people, by, by others in leadership. See, in this story, we see people literally ready to worship Paul and Barnabas. In the next moment, they hate him so much to the point that they attempt to kill him. And it is this, it's this perfect display to show how incredibly fickle people are with their opinions. And they can literally love you one moment and hate you the next. And knowing this, we have to learn to not determine our own value, our own self-worth, based off the opinions of how others see us. Even though we naturally, see, we naturally desire validation from other people. We want to feel validated by the people around us. But be that as it may, we have to understand that it is not necessarily real. That the opinions of others isn't necessarily real. You will forever be in this trap of pleasing people, becoming a people pleaser, if you don't learn how to find contentment that is independent of the opinions of people. You have to just learn how to be steadfast. And when people like you, that's nice. When people don't like you, oh well. And whether someone flatters you with compliments or stains you with slurs, you are a valuable human being who is simply trying to do what God has called you to do. You're just trying to do your best and forget the rest. You have value. And really the essence of this, the secret sauce is humility. Humility will keep you grounded no matter the good or the bad of what people say about you. So now that we understand people are fickle, their opinions are fickle, that we need humility, whether it's good or bad, what they say about us. Now let's talk about how the that be that as it may, anxiety is so easy to cover us when 
all of the people around us seem really loud. Y'all know what I'm saying? And so let's, let's talk about how we sh- don't let anxiety win. That's our second point. Don't let anxiety win. Integrity grows confidence. And I want to be clear that the anxiety I'm specifically talking about is the anxiety that comes from the opinions of others. That, that fear. There's different kinds of anxiety. There's, you know, like medically, uh, like a chemical imbalance anxiety. There's, uh, there's anxiety from fear about the future. I'm talking about anxiety when it comes to the opinions of others. And see, integrity grows confidence to withstand that kind of anxiety. With humility, see, within the humility is uh, the essence of integrity. It, it's right wrapped in there. And in this scene, we see Paul's integrity glow. We see him glow up in the fact that he didn't accept the people's worship or their praises when they were ready to, to, to literally give anything. He could ask for anything in that moment. They were convinced he was a god, and they were willing to bow down and worship him. He could have asked them for anything and had his way. But the fact that he doesn't accept that kind of worship and praise and in the fact that he didn't back down, even in the face of violent disagreement. See, it's one thing when people are like don't agree with you, or they disagree with you, and even it's one thing when they just people don't like you and kind of uh, snicker about you, make comments about you, or you know slur you. But you're talking about violent disagreements. That's a whole nother level where people want to attack you for what you're saying, and in the face of violent disagreement. He stayed on point with his mission, with his calling, despite the extreme polarized reception of the people to where they love him and hate him within the day. And when we face this kind of extremity, it's easy to feel anxious. It's easy to feel anxious about what we're doing and and if we're doing it the right way. We start to doubt ourselves when all the voices around us seem so loud and abhorrent. And it can confuse us and start this process of either imposter syndrome when all the voices are negative, or it can start the big head syndrome when all the voices are pretty and flattering. See, both of these are in fact the same, being that it makes us believe that we were, are someone else than who we really are, that we're someone other than the person we are. And that is why it is so important to establish integrity for your life, integrity for your character, because it becomes this foundational piece for confidence to grow on top of. Without integrity, confidence will become arrogance. But if there is integrity there, that confidence is able to be pure and genuine. And it will help to eliminate the insecurities that arise as well as the pride that comes out. Implementing integrity to your soul, to your mind, and to your body, it will interweave with that humility that you're striving for and it will create a perseverance. That's what we want out of this is endurance that can push through even the worst kinds of situations to where we can go through something and it doesn't change who we are. You're like, yes, we want to become better and better as we go through life, but there's this, this part of you that should be unchanging. You, you know what I'm trying to say? And so if we understand that people are fickle, we understand that we need integrity to produce confidence, to withstand 
the anxiety that comes from the opinions of others. Now let's talk about how you don't have to stay. You, you don't have to stay in a place that has rejected you. I think this is probably the most important thing to grasp in this message today. I, I find that many, many people stay in places that they hate, that they're hated at. And I really don't get why. I mean, let me back up. I do understand why, because I've gone through it too. I've been at places where I was completely rejected and I still just kept showing up. I don't, and it's like this, this feeling like you're supposed to, or that you have to, and it's just confusing. But see, my favorite part about this story is the fact that Paul, he gets back up. He gets literally beaten to death, gets back up, and when he does, he goes back into the town that just attempted to kill him, spends the nights to rest, then gets back up and leads to another town to do the same thing he did in that town. See, let's like really break down these two steps. Remember, first, he got back up, he went back into the town, and then he left the town. Let's break that down. When he gets back up, starting there, he gives this amazing lesson to us of perseverance to not give up. Yes, you're going to get knocked down, but you can always get back up again. And so many times we get this sucker punch of rejection and we get discouraged and it feels intimidating. It feels scary to get back up again. And we have these thoughts Man, if this is what it's going to be like, I should just stop. I should just give up. Why would I want to keep doing this? But just because it happened this time doesn't mean that it's going to happen every time. I mean, if I think about like a young person, say a young guy that really likes a girl, but he's too afraid to ask her out. And maybe he finally gets the courage to go and ask her out. And she says, no, she rejects him. If he, if he just goes the rest of his life, never asking a girl he likes out again, he's going to be sad, lonely the rest of his life. Not saying that you, you know, Hey, you're called a singleness, whatever, but you're going to be all sad and lonely. And if he finds the courage to just simply get back up again, the very next person he asks, the, the, another girl that he may just like just as much, if not more may say yes. And it's this idea of just not giving up just because you are rejected, not giving up just because you got knocked down, get back up. You, you, you won't, you may not experience the same scenario again and again. And, and it makes me, uh, I, I don't want to over give examples, but it makes me think about whenever you burn rice on a pan, like if you get, like my wife was really good at making Spanish rice, but sometimes it leaves like that burned rice at, at the bottom of the pan. And man, that stuff is hard to get off, okay? And I'm not a soaker. I cannot leave things soaking overnight. It's just, it, it, it bothers me. It's like, no, this is happening now. This is going down today. And so I'll be scrubbing that pan to where I'm working up a sweat. And I'm, I'm like scrubbing, going at it. And for the longest time, it seems like nothing's happening. And it seems like I'm not making any progress. But all of a sudden, that burned rice gives way. And it just comes up. And it's in this moment that I least expect. And all of a sudden, oh, there it is. And it just comes up. I feel like a lot of times that's what it is like in ministry. That's what it's like in life. That's what it's like in our faith. Is that feels like you're just hitting this wall. And you're just, it's not working. You're afraid to just keep trying. Maybe I do need to just give up. But all of a sudden, it just gives way and it works, okay? And that's a beautiful thing about Paul is that in this scene, he may have got rejected at this place, but he doesn't give up his calling. He goes to another place. 
And just because you got knocked down somewhere, rejected somewhere, doesn't mean that your whole calling is off, but maybe you just need to get up and go somewhere else. Now let's talk about that. When, when Paul goes back into the town that night, he goes back there to rest. It's the nearest destination for him to recoup after being beat near to death. And it shows that he didn't really, he didn't have, uh, he didn't really care what they thought. Even after the fact that they beat him near death, he didn't let fear or intimidation stop him or change him. He wanted to rest before moving on and he wasn't going to go all out of his way in an attempt to, to avoid these people that hurt him altogether. He, he just went about his business and did what he wanted to do regardless of what they had done or what they thought about him. He's like, whatever, y'all don't want me fine. I'm going to go about my business. And he just continues to do him. He doesn't, he doesn't let that intimidation stop him. He doesn't let that fear stop him. And he's like, man, I'm going to rest here if I need to. I don't got, I'm not going to walk all the way to the next town when y'all just beat me near to death. I'm going to take a night to rest. I'll go when I'm darn ready. And that's what I love about this part is that he doesn't let them change him. Now let's look at that last part. And that is when he moved on to the next town, he didn't just go back into that town to, to try to do the same thing again and again and again. He said, all right, fine, I'll, I'll move on. He didn't let the fear stop him, but he also didn't waste his time and energy of, of, by beating his head against the wall. He didn't he didn't try to convince the people again who weren't willing to hear him. And he gave them he gave them their chance, he gave them their opportunity. When they rejected it, he moved on. And he when it, you don't have to beat your head against that wall trying to knock in hopes that it will fall down. A lot of times you you really should just let it be and move on with your life. Go on to the next place. You might be able to get a chance with those people again. You might be able to, to have an opportunity in that place again in the future, but don't try to force something that simply isn't ready. Don't try to force something that's not happening. You know, it, it whether it's in servanthood, humility, ministry, your, your calling in life, maybe it's a workplace, maybe it's a friendship, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's even a church. I think that's crazy how often people will stay at a church that they feel completely horrible and miserable at. Just move on. You can go to a church that you like. Just just shop around a little bit. I'm a big proponent of church hopping. If you don't like the church that you're going to, try another one. You should go to a place where you can truly feel accepted and grow in your faith with the community. If you don't feel like that at your church, you should try another one. And when it comes to this idea of of sowing and reaping with, with servanthood, with humility, with faith. See, it, it's a lot like planting. See, sometimes we th we cast seed out, we throw that seed out, and you may see something to sprout. You may see something sprout and all of a sudden wither. And, and that's kind of what it's like sometimes when we're trying at these places, we're trying to work out our faith to where you might see a little bit and, and then be, after it dies, you're like, oh no, it was about to grow. Like, I'm going to just wait here and wait it out and it has to grow again. Maybe you just need to move on. Maybe the soil wasn't good after, after all. Maybe you, you tried and it didn't work out. But if you were to just turn around, look, to, you know, look at a neighborhood over, the soil might be good for you to plant there. That's what happened with Paul is that he would try and if it didn't grow, he would go somewhere else. He would, when he would visit the churches again, there'd be times he'd stop by and see if it, it was, the soil was good enough now. But if it wasn't ready, 
He didn't try to force it. it some things are just without, out of your control. You do not have to stay at a place that you have been rejected at. And with everything that I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm really pushing that, that we are called to servanthood, but I'm trying to equip you in your mind and your heart to know that rejection is part of it. But you don't have to give up when you face it. You just need to let it go and go on. Go on to the next place. But maybe with everything that I'm saying about learning how to do that, how to let things go and how to move on, maybe there's something in your life that you've been holding on to against God. Maybe there's something that 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 has been hindering your faith, hindering your life, and even hindering your calling, and you feel stuck, and you know that there's something that you need to let go of and go back to God. If that is you, I urge you that you should have that conversation with God today. The Bible says in the book of Romans, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is, surely you shall be saved. And maybe you've never really had that conversation with Jesus. Maybe you've just kind of been in this atmosphere of spiritualism. You, you've been in this, this area of, of Christianity, but you've never made an official decision and choice for God. And you know that you need to make that today have that conversation just have a genuine heart and talk to him yourself that's all it takes to start this relationship that's all it takes to start this journey you don't need me to lead you through a pretty prayer you can talk to him yourself with that being said i'm so grateful for you guys being a part of our online community today if grave top church has made a difference in your life and you want to continue to help us to make an impact in other people's lives you can do that by going to gravetopchurch.com and click the donate tab and you're able to donate to our cause when you do that i want to make it clear we never want anyone to feel pressured or persuaded to give when they don't want to it's something to be done out of the free will of your own heart but when you do decide to go donate, it really makes a difference for our church to continue to grow and it helps us to do what we are already doing. That's bringing people from death to life. Whether it's our Sunday services, our online content, or even recovery centers that we visit, you help us to bring people from death to life through the gospel message of Jesus and through the ministry of Grave Top Church. So uh, again, we are so grateful for those of you who, who worship God with your generosity through Grave Top Church. All that being said, until next time, have a great life.